Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. Today, I'm going to talk to you about falling in love with your emotions. And that may sound crazy because sometimes we would just like not to have our emotions because they're just so overwhelming. Or when they're nice emotions and they make you feel grateful, then we want more of those. But we are living in an era where emotions are really misunderstood. And that's why I feel such a need to share this with you. And if you've heard me talk about emotions before, you may hear some of the same things, but you can't hear this more, more than you can hear this multiple times and still get so much benefit out of it. Okay, so basically, we are in an era where we are told that emotions are either good or bad, and that you've got to identify the bad emotions because those bad emotions are basically some kind of signal of a mental illness, aka some kind of chemical imbalance or neurobiological disease. And that you therefore need to get rid of those because they're symptoms of that disease. And once you get rid of those, you'll kind of be better or get them kind of a symptom that you want to eliminate. And that could not be further from the truth. Emotions, the good, the bad, and the ugly are amazing. They're so good for you. They tell you so much about how you function as a human being. Research was done a couple of years back with the University of Texas and University of Tokyo, where they actually talk about how we in the West versus the East perceive emotions. And when you look at emotions as something problematic, as symptomatic of an underlying disease, as something to be eliminated, you totally lose the plot in terms of what it can do for you what and how they can help you the gold mine of data that those emotions are. And that attitude not only does that, but it shifts you into toxic stress. And if it carries on, if you keep on developing that perception, which in this current culture, it's the messaging that we're receiving from all kinds of platforms, social media, news media, etc., then you've pretty much absorbed that into your perspective. And that creates chronic stress and chronic unmanaged toxic stress. Stress is good for you. I've done podcasts on that, so go listen to them. But if you are, have a, an incorrect perception, it puts you into chronic unmanaged toxic stress. And that's not good for you. That will affect how your brain works. It's going to affect how your body works. It's going to increase inflammation in your brain and your body. It's going to increase your vulnerability to disease. And it's... I've shown from my research, for example, that when we are in a state of chronic, unmanaged, toxic stress from from seeing things, looking at things in the wrong way, or not and not like for example, there's the example of seeing emotions as good, bad, and ugly, and you've got to get rid of the bad ones because they're part of symptomology of an undiagnosed, I mean, a, a diagnosable underlying brain disease. Oh, that's a mouthful. Well, if you look at things like that, it actually affects how your brain waves work. In not in a good way either. It kind of disrupts them and takes the balance away from them and they don't work for you like they should. And you can get into toxic ruminations. And it also affects things like homocysteine, which is a blood measure, blood biomarker of how we, uh, uh, that creates, that we pick up when people have inflammation in the brain and the body. And also can affect how you view other situations. So in other words, what we showed is that there's this direct link. And then if you manage your mind, 
the inflammation can reduce, so the homocysteine levels actually drop significantly and your brain waves can restore their balance and work for you instead of against you. So that's to mention many, many, many people have researched this concept as well of the fact that the way we perceive things affects how we, whether we are in chronic or toxic stress and what it does in our body, increasing our vulnerability to disease. So I therefore want you to look at emotions differently. I don't want you to see emotions as things that are bad for you because they're not. They are beautiful and phenomenal. What this research showed that I mentioned, this research from Tokyo University and Texas University, is that if if we shift your perspective and look at emotions as being something that's giving you good information, then that actually shifts your perspective and keeps you in healthy stress and helps you to manage them and get something from them. When someone is just exceptionally good at what they do, it could be a waiter, a chef or a doctor, you know you're in good hands. It's like seeing a chef running a kitchen so well that Gordon Ramsay would be speechless. You're confident in them. When you find the right doctor, you can feel it. You feel heard and at ease. And on ZocDoc, finding the doctor that's right for you is seamless. The quality care you need is just a few taps away in the ZocDoc app. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. This is why millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. Book an appointment with a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com leaf and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash leaf. ZocDoc.com slash leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. So it's literally when we look at emotions as being something that's helpful, you can mine a lot of data from those emotions. So therefore... Instead of seeing an emotion as a symptom of a disease and being good or bad with a need to eliminate the bad and only have a good, that is really not good for you at all as a human and it's completely unrealistic. That's why it doesn't work. Rather seeing those emotions as an invitation to go inward, as a signal that there's something going on in your life or has been going on in your life up till this point and including this point that is telling you something about what's going on in your life. It's data. It's a messenger. It's a signal from the deep, wise, non-conscious mind or deeper spiritual level that is constantly searching for ways to support and help you. Your mind-brain-body connection works for you and not against you. And one of the ways it works for you is by searching through what is going on in your life, the experiences that you've had, that you've stored in your mind, brain and body, and the non-conscious mind is sweeping through these and looking for these things and sending them through as signals. And emotions are one of those signals. They are amazing, beautiful and wonderful. Now, I'm not saying that if you are feeling very depressed, that it's amazing, wonderful and beautiful, the experience of depression but the messages that they contain, that's where the, where the wonder is. That is, what, that, that, that is the, where the data is. That is where we can find out information that will actually help us. So it's an invitation to go. Emotions 
are signals as invitations to go inward to find the message that they contain because those emotions are attached to an experience or a set of experiences. And an experience is a thought and a thought is made of lots and lots of details which are your memories, the source and the interpretation of an experience in your life. So we have an experience that's made up of lots of details and that, and that forms the experience. And then we process that and interpret that. And that forms another part of the experience. And that's all the details, all the details of that combine together, the source and the interpretation, and that builds the thought. And that generates emotions as one of the signals. So it's a message. So when we pay attention to the emotion and see it as an invitation to dive inward, we're diving to the thought which um, that, that it's attached to because it's always attached to something. Emotions just aren't random things. They are signals attached to the source of the signal. And the source of the signal is the thought. And the first part of the thought are the branches of the tree. If you think of thought as a tree, which I've often explained. And the, so, the, thought, the, so, the branches are, the, you'll find out at the, as you dig into those emotions, you'll start seeing how you've interpreted something that has made you feel that way. And as you dive deeper, you'll find the source of the experience, which will then give more insight into why you have that em- that emotional, that set of emotions. So emotions, the good, the bad, and the ugly, are amazing sources of data that you can mine. As I said, invitations to go inward. And when we fall in love with our emotions, we are falling in love with the fact that they are going to help us process through whatever it is that we are processing and going through in our life. And that means that we need to be comfortable being uncomfortable sitting with those emotions and not sitting as though you're stuck in sinking sand, but sitting in those emotions, not as sinking sand, but as rather seeing it as being bathed in something or sitting in the midst of a bunch of you you safe in the middle, but you've got all this stuff going on around you, all these whirlwinds or whatever, however you want, whatever analogy you want, but where you are as you Invite yourself, accept the invitation to see the emotion as a signal telling you information. You yourself are in a safe place because the minute that you're aware of those, that is starting to bring the thought into the conscious mind. And when it's in the conscious mind, it starts getting weak and we can start then doing something about the source of where those emotions come from. So instead of those emotions, which by their nature are very dramatic very overwhelming whether it's you know whether it is joy or whether it's angst they are very powerful they're very impactful they're very much they 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 are driving forces instead of them driving you in the wrong direction because they can kind of when when we don't manage them they can blind us it's difficult to see when i do my fingers we have my fingers like this but if i start searching through and responding to the invitation of them being a message i'm diving deep and i can see and maybe what i'm seeing is going to make me cry. It's going to make me incredibly uncomfortable. It's going to make me want to resist and push away. But if I allow myself gracefully for limited periods of time to sit in those emotions, then you can start finding the message behind them. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. 
Download the new Bumble now. And this is why I say when you do the NeuroCycle, as you know, the NeuroCycle is a system I've developed to help you manage your mind, to help you go from the signal, which is how emotions being signals and part of how you show up, to, this, to these thoughts that they come from, which are experiences, and track through the different levels in order to reconstruct them. Because what's happened to you to cause those emotions in your life is not going away, but you can change what it looks like inside of you so how it plays out into your future. So you can get control over. You see, it's the experience that happens out there that we can't control. We can't control what's going on out there. We can't control what people are going to say and do and the things that happen. They come into us, they affect us, we show up in a certain way. What we can control is our reactions to those situations. And how we react is going to either increase our trauma or decrease our trauma and help us then come to a place of peace where we can accept certain things that still make maybe make us cry and sad. But over time, as we get more space around what's happened, then we can we, we can we can manage the strength of the emotions more effectively. So if we ignore the emotion, if we suppress the emotion, if we turn away from it being a messenger, if we see it as a signal, I'm sorry, as a symptom of a disease, which is not even good science at all, it's not even proven, pretty much that's, that's been disproved, that, that idea, then that's not going to help us. It's going to lead to suppression. There's some incredibly brilliant techniques in cognitive behavior therapy that help you to identify an emotion and then find a way of managing that emotion. But if you do... Just think, okay, that, if you say it like this, if you say, okay, that emotion is, is a bad emotion and it's coming from a wrong thought, I must think like this and I must have this emotion. And you say, I mustn't think like that. And then you do a technique to try and get this one to be what I should be doing and should be feeling without deconstructing this. You're going to have a constant war going on inside of you. So in order to make a technique like that work, you have to first give yourself the ability to see that the emotion is not something bad, that it's a messenger, and what is it attached to, and what is that experience, and work through the deconstruction and, and reconstruction of the elements of that experience. And then from there, you can then use a technique. And in my neurocycle, all these things I've just described take you down to step five, and step five is the active reach, and that's where these techniques come in. So once you know what the whole thing means, and you've attached it to a thought and all that stuff, and you've got the data mining done, you're mining the data from that emotion, then you can get to the active reach. That's the one point. The other point I want to make is that I always talk in my neurocycle and in my books, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess is my most recent one that really explains in detail about the neurocycle. And then I have the app, Neurocycle app, which I totally recommend you get yourselves into using what I talk about is to limit the time that you spend working through stuff. If you're working through a big issue daily over 63 days, is to limit it to 15 to 45 minutes for the first 21 days and thereafter just five minutes a day. And there's a reason why there's a time limit. And that's because you don't want to get feel like you, let's say that there's sinking sand all around you and you're in the middle in the safe spot. And you want to basically use that safe spot to eliminate, to, to fix up the sinking sand elements of, of the emotions, if this makes any sense, or the whirlwinds or whatever it is that you want to see those emotions as being, because they and they attach to all these toxic thoughts and so on. You want to give yourself enough time. You want to don't want to push yourself beyond what you're capable of doing. So some days you may only be able to do two or three minutes, some days fifteen, some days forty-five. It's going to depend on what comes up. And that's why you don't push yourself. And I always say that in all my in all my app guidance, etc is to do what you can do in the moment. But then also change is not going to happen in one day. So we, we all know that. It doesn't happen in two, four, seven, four, 
21, by 21 you've done a ton of work, but it's, and changes happen for sure, and you've reconceptualized to, to a large extent, but now you've got a new way of thinking, and you now need to stabilize that. So we have to go through this this daily thing, it's a little bit each day, to reach a point by around about three weeks where we have an idea of, you know, how we want that emotion to where it's coming from and how we want it to play out in our lives in a different way and that's that's more peaceful and not disruptive, then we've got to stabilize that. We've got to practice that. We've got to turn that into a habit. And that takes the extra more or less 42 days, another more or less another six weeks of just doing five minutes a day. And I know this sounds laborious, but if you don't do it, in 63 days you're still in the same place. So this is a great way of, you know, this is why we put this thing into time frames to be able to help you. Trends and fads come and go, especially when it comes to health and wellness. But eating well for your mind, brain and body is not a trend or a fad. It is about creating a lifestyle that helps you achieve your goals and dreams and live your best life. Noom gets this. They use psychology, not trends, to help you make intentional and sustainable choices that are aligned with your values and goals. I find the app's quick daily lessons super helpful and have learned so much about the relationship between what I eat and my mental health. I also think it's great that you get to choose your level of support from five-minute daily check-ins to personal coaching, which works well with my busy schedule. Noom understands that everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals and based on scientific principles to help you understand your relationship with food. In fact, their approach is grounded in science. Noom has published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles describing their methods and effectiveness. Stop chasing health trends and build sustainable healthy habits with Noom's psychology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash drleaf. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash drleaf to sign up for your trial today. Check out Noom's first ever book, The Noom Mindset, a deep dive into the psychology of behavior change. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The link and details will be in the show notes. So, just in sum... Falling in love with your emotions means that you are seeing them as an invitation to look inward. If you can sit with them and listen to them, you have the opportunity to gain priceless wisdom that will help with your healing. Emotions are totally normal signals. Notice I'm saying signals to what is going on in our lives. They're descriptions and invitations, not symptoms of a brain disease. There's no bad emotion. They're just messengers. Tuning into your emotions in this way is going to help develop your self-regulation, which is vital to just being able to cope with life. When you tune into your emotions, you can switch from toxic or chronic stress into healthy stress. So even if you're crying, by acknowledging and sitting with your emotions and working through the neurocycle, you are taking yourself out of chronic stress, out of acute stress, and into normal stress. When you think about falling in your emotions... You are really being empowered to get control over those emotions and make them work for you and not against you. Now, to help you, in my app, the NeuroCycle app, and we'll put the link in the show notes, as well as this book, I have emotional guides, some emotions to help you. So I have this little list. Like today I feel affection, anger, angst, anguish, annoyance, anxiety, apathy. So I have a whole lot of emotions because sometimes we just don't even know what words to put to our emotions those, those signals. So you're feeling something. What am I feeling? And if you need words, I've got this little guide. So you might read here and say, oh, I'm actually feeling anguish. 
and I'm feeling annoyance and I'm feeling disappointment and I'm feeling hostility, whatever. I'm just grabbing a few. And that's great. You identify those. And that would be in your gather awareness stage step, which is the first step of the neurocycle. And there's three other signals too, but I'm just going to talk about emotions today. But once you've identified those and named them, you've already started getting control over them. You've already started shifting your HPA axis, your hypothalamic pituitary axis into a more positive state. And then from there, you would go into sort of asking yourself, you know, why do you feel this way? What are they attached to you? So you start seeing the branches and then you write and that starts taking you even deeper to start seeing how you process and where that processing is coming from, the origin story, the roots, the source. And then you can start saying, okay, well, this is what's happened. This is where this has come from. How can I see this differently? I can't change what happened, but I can change my reaction. And then you have a little action to help you put that into place. So that other thing you can do as well is, over the page, I have an emotional warning signal guide, which is not a validated scale, but it's a really nice, simple, easy way for you to judge the intensity of your emotion and therefore how long you should even spend in this, you know, how long you should spend in the neurocycle doing this. So if you feel, let's say you're feeling anguish, and if you, a one to three le- re- uh, level is average, I'm feeling average, I'm feeling like it's a normal up and down, and it's just part of today's challenges, it's not too bad. Maybe it's at a four to six level, which is a hovering or floating anxiety, depression, worry, whatever it is. I have that nagging angst that something is wrong. I haven't quite pinpointed it yet, but it's worrying you. So this hovering kind of stages four to six is this hovering thing that's starting to worry you and disrupt you. And then seven to 10, increasing level to the point where it's becoming disruptive. And it's explode, creating explosions and that kind of thing. So you can decide, okay, today I'm feeling anguish. It's on a four to six level. I... Uh, just going to spend about 15 minutes in my medical, uh, in my neurocycle and this, and I'm getting some kind of active reach to help me manage this today. And that's what you do for today. It's what can you do in this moment at this time to get you through the rest of the day. Then you put it aside and you move through the day. Whatever your active reach is that you choose to work on, that's what you're going to draw on. It's okay to feel anguish, for example. Maybe your active reach is, it's okay to feel anguish. I'm feeling anguish because there's something going on and I'm working out what it is and tomorrow I'll know a bit more. That's your statement. You write that down, put it in your phone. It's you In the app, you can actually type it in as your active reach and sets to pop up seven times a day. So as you have your phone next to you while you're working, you then, if it, as it pops up, it reminds you. Okay, so I challenge you now to fall in love with your emotions and in that and see them as messengers and invitation to go inward, as signals of information to help you manage your life more effectively. Thank you for joining me today and I look forward to seeing you next time. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then... I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf.
This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.